0: Good morning and good Tuesday, or whenever you're listening to this. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Slate of Affairs. Slate of Affairs is a podcast dedicated to critical conversations about pop culture and politics lived and in color by black and brown voices. Well, Kind of. Today is all down Capitol Hill from here. Just when you thought 2021 couldn't get any more wild, coop, there it is. Since things are likely to spiral even more out of control in a matter of hours, I am putting a timestamp stamp on this episode. This podcast was recorded at 3 PM on Sunday, January 10th. Before we dive into the worst revolution ever, let's get into what's happening. Here at Slate of Affairs, we like to highlight the happy in the headlines, or at home, because it is now day 305 since COVID-19 bled into the 2020s. This is What's Happening. Now, before we get started, I need to address the white elephant in the room. Um, We have a very special guest today here, Mr.
1: Edward Castle. We're very happy to have you. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's a huge honor to be on this show. Big fan.
0: Now, I have a couple of questions, uh, concerns. Um, I we need to get this out of the way. So you are a Caucasian
1: man, pasty, in fact, yes. Okay,
2: <laughs> and you're straight.
0: Yes,
1: yes. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. the, the term.
0: Now we would like to address a couple of things just about the Caucasian culture. So you could address these in any order that you would like. So, uh, first, referring to grandmas as "mima." Um, yes. Julia Stiles in See? Save the Last Dance. Yes, and yes. what's up with white Jesus? How'd that happen?
1: Oh, oh okay. Well, <sighs> well, there's this thing called white supremacy.
0: Now, this is for the mimas, right? Like- yes, my, this is.
1: <laughs> yes, the tyranny of mimaw. Well, mimaw can cook, though. That that's universal. Let that be known. Any grandma can cook because uh-huh. there's there's love in that cooking.
0: Um, and, and then just the most important of the three, Julia Stiles in "Save the Last Dance." You gotta know. What's I stand. Going
1: on there. I, I stand. Yeah, I watched that movie more times than I'll care to recount on this podcast on the record, but. I have seen uh, many times.
3: The real question is, do you know the choreography at the end? Can you do that dance? I plead the fifth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think Edward is going to bring a lot of perspective in this episode, just given the content of this episode, um, given the fact that uh, the people were mostly straight white males Mm -hmm. at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. But ironically, most of our Capitol before
1: was made up of straight Straight white white males. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. Edward, what's happening with you this week? What's happening with me is despite all the news, it's hard to overlook the fact that the state of Georgia elected the first black Democrat and its first Jewish man. And Mm -hmm. that gave the Senate control to Democrats, And honestly, as a southerner watching this happen, it's real easy to get written off, writing off people who are left and live in the south. Mm-hmm. But you look at the work of Stacey Abrams oh, yes. and the countless black activists who put their time in to ensure that yet again, they're going to save the republic. Now, Edward, what part of the south are you from? I'm from Tennessee, East Tennessee. The pretty part as some of us like to call it
2: (laughs) but the staff nonetheless yes Um, ma'am one i i did not know this prior to the day of the election but um in some capacity or another both of of these new senators had worked with or been influenced by john lewis so that is a really cool like tidbit of history that's like, we lost John Lewis, but we're, we're gaining two seats in the Senate that are likely going to continue on some of the work that he had done.
3: Yeah, so I'll be um, very selfish in this regard. <laughs> I'm so happy to see uh, the first black senator, of course, assume that role uh with raphael warnock but i think furthermore taking it one step further at least i'm just so happy to see that for the first time in the state of georgia which is a majority black state Mm -hmm. we actually see representation that looks like them i think that's the most important aspect because of whether you're black white puerto rican asian i think it's always important that you see someone that looks like you in office and certainly someone that at least represents the majority of you and so with you know georgia just being so melanated and beautiful i'm so glad that um warnock was able to assume that uh that title and really just represent them appropriately on capitol hill
0: and to former senators david Perdue and kelly loffler we say a resounding
1: bye bitch bitch. (laughs) ain't gonna miss ya I may say real quick: when you look at the map, it's real easy to write off a red state as they're all Republicans. But this just goes to show that this is the work of voter disenfranchisement that's happening across the Mm -hmm. South. Black people live in the South, and and in some cases, are majority. So don't write off Arkansas, don't write off Mississippi, because there's people struggling there every day. And Stacey Abrams saw that, and Mm -hmm. it's about time the rest of us do too. Texas, you're next. Mm -hmm. Blake, what's happening with you today?
3: Well, Edward, if you didn't know, now you know, your boy's always talking about Black excellence because it's always happening. But this week specifically, I'm not going to even sit here in front. Daniel influenced me. That's right. He put me on, or not put me on. Let me be very correct. (laughs) He shared with me a tiny desk performance by the name of jasmine sullivan a black mm. queen that we sleep on far too often we really uh, do her mm. performance she just reminded the masses that like she is a icon it just like hi he brought me to tears it did but i'm just so happy to see her again you know i feel like she's so slept on and so the fact that she was on this tiny desk and she showed up and showed out honestly the raw
2: talent that jasmine sullivan has is so slept on i mean mm-hmm. i loved it though i really did i i i think that just listening to her on a recording she sounds amazing and I always love a tiny desk performance. Yes, yeah. um, I love the like intimacy of a tiny desk performance. This was like the perfect environment for her. You know, like it really was the exact environment to showcase her raw talent. Like
0: if you have the chance, listen to it. It's beautiful. Daniel
2: said, "I'm not coming in 2021 not knowing any names. I have to make sure I'm caught up on all of the music. So he's putting us on, he's putting us on
3: game this year. <laughs>
0: 2021 is the year that R&B saves me."
3: <laughs> i love it daniel what is happening with you
0: so i was going to mention jasmine sullivan's uh, tiny dust performance but i i tabled it just because i thought that someone else was going to bring it up so rupaul's drag race season 13 just premiered i won't give too many spoilers for the people who are not caught up season 13 sees the opening episode with six lip syncs, six lip syncs for your life. This is probably one of the best parts of the show. If you watch it regularly, the thing you look forward to is at the end, two queens going head to head, battling it out to stay and this time on that first episode premiere you get six of them um it's fantastic the cast is really really great standouts for me are going to be gotmik Gotmic is the first ever trans man competing on rupaul's drag race breaking barriers you have simone uh, also in love with olivia lux um, but i enjoy all of the queens it was a fantastic first premiere episode get into it if you can it's so great
2: Y'all going to be mad as hell because I have not started it yet.
0: You need to get into it.
2: I know. But also, though, any show that I watch, I just have a hard time watching shows one by one because I like to binge shows. So I'm just kind of waiting.
1: Drag Race is a binge show to me.
2: It is. Yeah, it's one of those it things. You,
1: it's like you you settle in and just you know go yeah, four or five hours deep. Each
2: episode start picks up where the last episode yeah. like, literally picks up where the last episode ended, and I'm like, I don't want to wait a week There's- for like, I don't want to wait a week to see the reactions about which queen went home. Like, I can't do like, I I need that instant. Like, I need to know the tea right away.
0: See now, <laughs> I've been I've been watching this since like 2009. Like, I get really excited for the show, and then. You know it's become a mainstream phenomenon recently um and so it's kind of fun introducing a lot of like your friends to these you know seasons past that they've never seen before, and you kind of get to relive it with them um and so watching these new seasons you're actually you actually do have the opportunity to watch it together with the people who yeah. are just jumping on board love it and uh Tatiana, what is happening with you this week?
2: okay, so I already know that Blake's gonna have some things to say oh. And, you know, here's the thing, like, on this show, anytime something happens, between the three of us, like, there's always one person who's, like, not a fan. But I feel like I'm all, I'm just, I, I love everything. Y'all I'm not call
0: me critical. a hater. Y'all call me a I'm hater. I'm not as
2: critical as Daniel Blake. But anyways, right. Doja uh, Cat featured on a song with Sweetie called Best Friend. And then they also accompanied it with the music video. And the song, cute. Super cute. The video, I loved it. All the looks loved it it was cute i really enjoyed it and i, I just have to ask like blake what's your issue
3: oh <laughs> no, just like that oh i see just like that well let me say this i'm glad that y'all can't see my face today because it's blank you understand um, for the
0: listeners we're having technical difficulties we can't see blake in our recording he's not he doesn't have his camera on
3: listen i let me say this i'm all the way here for female empowerment two bad bitches linking up you know, uh, looking flossy, icy, all of the above. I just feel like I hold Doja Cat in a higher regard when it comes to her versatility and the caliber of her spit game, right? I feel like Saweetie can't compete with Doja verse to verse. Therefore, if I see them linked up on a track, I expect Doja to go above and beyond. I felt like Sweetie was parallel to Doja, and for me, that means Doja was keeping it uh not keeping it low but was just I, okay she's so much I don't, more. I don't, disagree than with
2: I don't disagree with it but i'm not upset about it i don't disagree with that i'm not upset though i'm like you know every once in a while i just want y'all to just have a cute little i mean like not everything could be Nicki minaj's verse on monster i mean
1: that's the ceiling now i'm gonna say this sweetie got the endorsement of too short so i stand for sweetie i'm glad someone does i
3: really am i promise you I,
2: it, mm. was, it, was it, was, yeah, it was it was cute i don't know it was cute, like fun vibes i was just like mm. i was just having yeah. fun with it especially Some this week build. it's been a heavy week mm. yes we needed it thank you doja thank you sweetie it was despite what blake has to
1: say <laughs> <laughs>
3: On January 6, 2021, the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives gathered together to certify the election results. Within the U.S. Capitol, members from both sides of the aisle engaged in civics and discourse as a final mark of President-elect Joe Biden's procedure towards presidency. Outside the U.S. Capitol, however, an assembly of anarchy began to brew. Let's have trial by combat. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're gonna walk down, and I'll be there with you, and we're gonna walk down to the Capitol. And we're gonna cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And to use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, we will stop the steal. Members of the GOP, radical Republicans, far-right constitutes, neo-Nazis, proud boys, and Klansmen congregated together to create chaos. To no one's surprise, Donald Trump provided the endorsement and the title for Wednesday's events, in which he called it the Save America Rally. What transpired next is as follows. The party of law and order adopted lawlessness.
1: Oh. meanwhile, up on the steps of the backside of the Capitol. We're seeing protesters overcome the police. The police are now running back into the Capitol building. We have cheers from the protesters that are watching behind the scenes.
3: Thousands of barbarians were invited into the U.S. Capitol to intimidate the legislative branch. Uncivilized Trump supporters ravaged the very walls of institution used to ensure their supremacy. These thugs incited violence and are the textbook illustration of a menace to society. The pseudo-patriots bastardized the country and instigated five deaths, including a police officer. Personally, I will not define this as an act of terrorism because I believe terrorism is unwarranted and unsolicited at the very least. The author of this failed attempted coup is a man who sits in the most powerful seat in the Western Hemisphere. Donald Trump, like many presidents of our past, wrote the script for January 6th. When privilege does not favor you, then exercise violence and anarchy until it does. So this is not terrorism. This is the American way.
2: When you look at I, I think that like that we've had over the last several months, so many conversations surrounding and even just earlier in the podcast celebrating that we're going to have a black man in the Senate celebrating um, that we're going to have the first black woman, the first South Asian woman in the White House. And all of that is great. However, that is I I don't think those things will fix what we saw happen at the Capitol. Right. I mean, what we saw happen in the Capitol is is so ingrained you can't have conversations with people like that my mom had made this point to me earlier this week she said these people these white supremacists that that stand on like this high arc of christianity she says they truly believe they pray to a different god and they truly believe that there is a god out there that is servicing them Mm -hmm. that does not care about anyone else and that is why
0: Uh, why jesus
2: yeah Yeah, i told you yep they're able to put trump on this very high pedestal because they legitimately believe that they pray to a god who says trump is your savior and Mm -hmm. you cannot like what do you do with that
0: literally what took place is like the current event equivalent of someone getting engaged at your wedding right Mm -hmm. like Governor Raphael Warnock and Governor Ossoff literally could not celebrate for a second before this happened.
2: Yeah, it took over everything.
1: You know, this is American as apple pie. Unfortunately, that white mobs <laughs> coming in and taking over the war. Ta- they're they're engaging in war on multiracial democracy, and they have been since the start of the republic. Um, and you know, we look at this as, and I, you've seen a lot of people out there saying, "Oh, this is an America. This is America." You know, the first insurrection in America occurred in 1898 in Wilmington, North Carolina, which was a a township that had a black government, it had a black-run newspaper, it had black businesses, and it was successful. And a white mob came in, led by an ex-senator, and killed 60 people, burned down the newspaper, and he installed himself mayor. And then he was venerated by the state of North Carolina up until checks the notes, still is. Um, to, you know, even that Tom Tillis, the senator of North Carolina, who just won re-election, mind you, uh, denies the the actions that the white mob did. So, I mean, the thing is, America never wants to reconcile with its sins, and yeah. that we keep finding they're always like, "Well, this, whoa, this is shocking," and it's like, "No, this is uh, unfortunately, it was completely shocking and utterly predictable all at the same time." Yeah, that that
2: was like the weird part of it, where like it was happening. And I was literally thinking to myself and I was like, I don't even know how to feel because I'm shocked because, and I'm shocked in the sense that it's like, how, how, when like what, but also at the same time, I'm not shocked because the past four years, Mm -hmm. this is the exact kind of language. This is the exact kind of rhetoric that's been surrounded around the Trump presidency. And legitimately these people believe like full-heartedly like that that the election was stolen from them and again like you just can't you can't fight with that and then also you have a good amount of trump supporters who are separating themselves from it oh oh my god that's not us we don't and i Mm -hmm. and to those people i don't think any of those people are listening to this but if if anyone listening does come across (laughs) those people i you know i would urge you to ask them you know what is it about this man that is able to incite these, that kind of violence, that kind of disrespect for the law, that kind of disrespect for the, the country's capital? Clearly, he is saying something that they are resonating with. And you should find issue with the fact that those people resonate with the same man that you resonate with.
3: To answer your question, Tati, I think that these people, their attraction to Donald Trump's and, and no shade, Edward, but I think a large amount of white people, there's a white nerve that Trump strikes within them mm-hmm. that speaks to the inherent supremacy that they think um, they are entitled to, right? So I feel like when you see that man standing up and holding a Bible... Um, In front of the church next to Capitol Hill, I think that's a constant reminder of, again, the uh, inherent supremacy that we are to all other races, right? Mm -hmm. But I have to be very, like, very fucking honest with y'all. I'm comforted to a certain degree by what happened, because for me, I'm glad that this veil of white sanctity if you will has been brought down i feel like that curtain is ripped and and i don't think let me be very clear in the fact that i don't think a lot of people out here legitimately bought into this narrative that you know only colored people behave a certain way or only colored people um, can act like beasts and animals and this and that. But the fact that we now have white people tuning into the news and watching other white people behaving like this, it's almost like, oh my God, how could we do this? And so for me, again, I call it selfish, but I'm comforted by the fact that this veil of white uh, sanctity is completely just ripped down and we can see the authentic side of things, right? If
1: I may say a couple things here, uh, Hey, I do not stand for, for white folk. Um, they've done them that way. Um, I understand I'm a product of the privilege of that, um, of whiteness. However, I do not agree with the project of whiteness. Um, but let me say this, that, you know, there are a lot of avenues that went into the attack on January 6th. Um, this was a mixture of fascism, of racism, and of conspiracy particularly with QAnon mm-hmm. and um I know we're here we are talking about it again but that is <laughs> one of the primary culprits in this and yeah. but the thing is for white people equality feels like oppression to mm-hmm. them you know and that's mm-hmm. what they they are not and again it's never reconciled we, we're just now dealing with Christopher Columbus it's 2020 yeah. you know right. we we the, we're just now realizing Not we, but people are just now realizing that General Lee is horrible, was always horrible. People Mm -hmm. have been saying that Donald Trump has been a fascist since 2015, and it took an actual coup where people died, police officers died, Mm -hmm. um, for people to now start to see that he's a fascist. But this is who Trump always has been. This is who we knew Trump was from the jump. And this is what a lot of us were warning people about, trying our damnedest to get people— not to buy into it, because this is who he always was. This always was gonna be.
0: We knew confidently that what was going to happen over the next four years was going to be like, absolutely unprecedented. And that the amount of damage that he could do, not only just to like, you know, the communities that we belong to, but just to the institutions um, Mm -hmm. that uphold democracy. And like the amount of people who just were completely void, of that. And then to see now in the wake of everything that took place at the Capitol, people still having that same mindset, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just just regular everyday folk. I'm talking like, you know, people in Congress, people in the Senate, Representative Mac Gates, um, Senator Ted mm-hmm. Cruz, Senator Josh Hawley. Um, and to see like just like how fucking crazy everything was that day, and for people to st- you know, still feed into this election was fraudulent, but we also we disavow the violence that took place. It's like you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. It's like your touting and perpetuating a fraudulent election is what directly led to the violence, right? It influenced that.
1: Yeah, and we we still have Ted Cruz, you know, Mo Brooks from Alabama, <laughs> Josh Hawley. They're still fundraising off of this. Oh yeah, yeah. like they, they're still craven, <clears throat> and they see this chaos as an opportunity and they see it as you know trump embarrassed ted cruz you know think about that and how he did on the entire thing and ted cruz has completely towed to him because yeah you know they see that trump won 75 million people and they're like well i guess that's everybody but again that's Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) a quarter of the voting population or the entire population but yeah is you know their only avenue for power is through Mm -hmm. them through white supremacy. Yeah.
3: Well, I just want to know, can one of you explain to me, because I'm really having trouble um, understanding, I guess, the fiber of this argument with Trump supporters in the sense that there was voter fraud, there's interference, and we are going to stand as a patriot and defend that interference and fraudulence, right? But I feel as though when it came to the 2016 election, we have concrete evidence and the DOJ has attested to the fact that there was foreign interference within that. So my thing is why why isn't this a segment of the population why weren't they frustrated with interference in 2016 but we're mad with interference now?
2: Um hypocrisy. I mean,
0: like that's the thing. It's like it that would be getting into the psychology of like people. And like I think you could call out directly what a lot of it is. It's one misinformation that is like so easily spread all like over social media and media channels. Um, two cognitive dissonance with the misinformation, disinformation being so easily spread and influential into these populations who are largely uneducated, right? um do not have any sort of media literacy
1: well if i may push back here like when you say they're uneducated like the people who are there were ceos there are people who could afford yeah, to take true. off in the middle yeah. of the week go to dc mm-hmm. for a rally and it's easy to write off see what happens is this is what happens with the clan too you look at them they look ridiculous right but that's the part that makes it so insidious is because it starts mm-hmm. as farce and then repeats itself as tragedy so we, we yeah. look at that guy who was with the bear suit and the paint, and they were like, oh, he's ridiculous. But his ideology is deadly serious. And these yeah. people yeah. believe it because, like Blake said, I mean, this is more about belief you know, than it is about ideology. Like it's not about mm-hmm. a war of ideas. Yeah. This is a, 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 a religious war to them almost because yeah. they're in a media atmosphere that's so twisting because of social mm-hmm. media because of places like Fox News OAN Newsmax yeah. because people were accommodating they were both sidesing all of Trump's lies for years including places like the New York mm-hmm. Times NPR yeah. they enabled yep. it from being like oh well you know we got to cover both sides but that's they never really took serious They would treat Trump like a farce and look at now we're in tragedy.
2: I also think to answer your question, Blake, and, and you know, pulls from this idea of like something is wrong when it is being done to me, but it is not wrong when I am the one Mm -hmm. doing it. What we see in the current fight of white supremacy, you know, Black Lives Matter protests are wrong and um, trespassing onto property is wrong. When I do it as a staunch American and a patriot, it is not wrong because I am doing it for me. We see these conversations being had. George Floyd would have not taken a knee to the neck had it not been for he had that $20 counterfeit bill. It's Mm -hmm. sad, but he shouldn't have broken the law, right? We see that. But then the sentiment flips. And it changes when we look at this woman's, and I, I, I don't honestly, I don't even care to remember her name. She was trespassing, violently, actively engaged in a coup on federal property. She lived in California. She bought a plane ticket, mm-hmm. flew to DC, was not in, was in this crowd of people actively committing a crime
3: mm-hmm. and she received three more warnings than any person of color ever would have oh exactly. yeah
2: so I, I really think it's this idea of like well, well when other people and by other people i mean people of color mm-hmm. are doing these things when i see black and brown people engaging in this way that is a problem why because um like edward had pointed out they see it as They don't see equality as equality. They see it as oppression. So when they behave in that way, it is wrong. But when I behave in that way, I'm fighting for my country. I'm fighting for my life. I'm practicing my First First Amendment rights, all of that.
3: Right, but I want to take it one step further. And I would argue that I think at this point in 2020, at least, I think a good majority of white people are okay with equality. I think the problem is equity. When you see people like Raphael Warnock step into a position that has never been assumed by a, uh, a Black person before when Georgia is black as it's black, <laughs> all get up, right? I, I feel like that's when it's like, damn, I'm okay with equality, but I want to hold on to my privilege. I mm. still want my soapbox to be a little bit taller so that yeah. I still have the privilege. And if we see people breaking and entering into these areas that you know, that we usually occupy. Now they're going to ensure that they're stepping on a box that it's the same as our height.
1: I believe Maya Angelou said, If you have to cut me down for you to be tall, you're not tall at all.
0: Uh, I feel like that's a direct attack to me as a five foot three man.
2: Yeah, you short. You, that's ridiculous. Five foot three? Just grow. <laughs> Shut up. I don't think you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be smoking a cigarette. Five foot three? Haven't seen that height since I was eleven. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Damn, wow, it's terrible. Is
2: spicy. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: the joke was there. I had to. <laughs> Y'all,
1: you know I'm white. I can't handle this. Much spice now. It's a mild spice.
2: But I mean, <laughs> I know, I'm I'm interested. To, okay, and then I also feel like we need we need to point out the fact that we have now you know several members of the Trump administration stepping down from mm. positions to girl. separate themselves from Trump and miss all of this violence. And I'm like, girl, Betty DeVos, you had no she problem, Betty? <laughs> Betsy, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know I don't say their names right because I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> I'm over here and I'm like, girl, you had no problem trying to strip education from hundreds of thousands of little black and brown children, but now all of a sudden, two weeks before, you're not gonna have that
1: job anymore. You're noble. You know, they we go back to this like think about the Black Lives Matter protest. I mean, we've seen the imagery of what they did. They were in DC. They were in the Capitol building and how they were responded to with a military force. People in head to toe body armor. Um, think about how there were disabled activists who came to Mitch McConnell's office to stop the repeal of the ACA. They were ripped out of their wheelchairs and dragged out of the Capitol. But these mm-hmm. people, these insurrectionists, and let let us not forget that this is what they did. They tried to overthrow our government. Were walked out. Literally, someone was walked with their, held, her hand held going down the stairs. Yeah. And these people, like, think about it. They they were live streaming this the entire time that people snitched on themselves the entire time because they really believed they were about to be at the front of the revolution and (laughs) it's hard to write these people off because you literally had a congressman from west virginia he said his name and i'm in the federal building you just submitted to a federal crime right on air on your live stream for clout You know, and that's what's so crazy. The yeah. lot of people are posing faces. They, this is the only time in the world you could show up to the Congress building with a mask on, and no one's going to say anything. But they were so confident of their their coup that they showed up ready to loot the Capitol building and smiled for the cameras.
2: And and, and it should not be ignored that in that crowd are police officers. Yes. Yeah. Are yes. are people who um several. Months ago, you know, we have all these conversations about back the blue, blue lives matter. Those same lives that are trying to overthrow the government.
1: But zero cops died. All the Black Lives Matter protests combined, one Blue Lives Matter protests, two cops have been have died.
2: So exactly. And what does this tell you? This is not. I mean, I I am lives. in a. It has nothing to do with that. And and don't and don't ever pretend that it does. Don't ever pretend that 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 this was ever about um how much you care about police officers. It's how much you care about your position yes. and being able to maintain that position. And police officers in a large sense are a means to an end. They allow you to maintain this quote unquote safety. And the minute they could possibly get in the way of that, they're dispensable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost as if, you know, like how Blake said, we do need that contrast. We kind of did need this because when we mm-hmm. see, we saw several protests over the summer for Black Lives Matter, a lot of the conversation that us, we were having, were like, this would look different if the people at the protests looked different. Mm -hmm. And we kind of needed to see on national television, on federal property, in the nation's capital, it was like, in a sense, poetic justice in the way that it's like, we needed to see that. This needed to be broadcasted to be able to say, we can no longer speak in hypotheticals and be like, if, no, we know now. Well, we, we, we've been known, been known. but mm-hmm. now you cannot deny it, yeah. even if yeah. you want it to. We are coming to the end of the episode, but we cannot let you go without walking a few categories. This is a part of the show where we just roll off some headlines and talk some shit. Edward, what category will you be walking?
1: Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me four times. Twitter did the step in the fourth quarter with two minutes left and decided to ban Donald Trump for inciting violence despite doing it in 2015, 2016, 2017 and after an insurrection However, Trump, thinking he's smarter than the Twitter, then logged on to the White House POTUS account, got that banned. He logged on to the Trump (laughs) campaign account, got that banned. He logged on to his communication director's account, got that banned. So much so that, allegedly, Twitter has blocked the White House IP from any more messages.
0: Damn, you know what's crazy is when the burner account to your burner Mm -hmm. account gets banned. Like...
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I feel like it's only right. The category is Carrie Hilson can't seem to get back up after her longtime hit, Knock You Down. Miss Hilson is out here advocating for the freedom of speech regarding Donald Trump following his social media band. Now listen, to me, violence warrants a ban, but regardless, I'm not sure if anyone wants to let her know, a bitch has a press briefing room in his home to which at any moment he can walk his fat ass to and make a statement to the American people.
2: 14 year old me is so upset because Pretty Girl Rock was my Mm. ringtone Mm. for all of my freshman year of high school. And damn, Carrie, why'd you gotta do this?
0: Honey, pretty girl, stop. Haven't you ever heard of fireside chats? And I don't, I'm not going to trust anything that comes out of Carrie Hilson's mouth since one, she dissed Beyonce back in 2011, and then two, this past summer said that coronavirus was 5G-caused.
3: Shit, she did say that. Mm -hmm. Category
0: is when Bush comes to shove. Wasting no time beating around the Bush, Representative Cory Bush's first resolution in Congress calls to investigate and potentially expel Republican members who upheld Donald Trump's lies, disputing the results of the presidential election, inciting a mob attack on the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday that left five people dead. In an interview on Friday, Bush told The Intercept that she had been contemplating the resolution even before her official swearing in last Sunday. <laughs> we need to hold our Republican colleagues accountable for what we feel is an attack on our democracy, she said.
2: I love that how she was like, I already know they're gonna
3: do something.
0: She was drafting that literally like during her election. She was just like, <laughs> I'm
3: gonna, I'm gonna get there. She was still out canvassing and was like, I'm ready, I'm drafting it up right now. But when I get elected,
2: <laughs> here we go. So Category you know. is Barbie Tings, Nicki Minaj to pay $450,000 to Tracy Chapman for a copyright suit. The rapper has agreed to avoid trial for an out-of-court settlement after sampling the singer's work without permission. Now, I am not a Barb, so I'm going to go ahead and put that out there first and foremost. (laughs) But I stand for Tracy Chapman like no other... Why would Nikki don't do that to her? Do not take her music.
0: Wait, how much was the amount?
2: 450000
1: That's more than the government gave us.
2: <laughs> That's true. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> the category is, All I Want for Christmas is a new album from SZA. Three plus years after the Excellent Control... SZA dropped a song called Good Days on Christmas. Now, I, I the question I have for the cast here, are we looking at Rihanna 2.0? I'm telling you
2: right now, I tweeted this the other day. I was like, I, I know that SZA is in there. She is cooking something. When Control came out, it was like the world stopped. It was like that... I cannot wait for this new album. Mm. I'm gonna let you guys know now that we will not be airing any new episodes for an entire month after the album drops because I will need time to recover. I know it's gonna be that good.
0: And on that note, we are now looking for a replacement for the month that Tatiana will be gone. So if you'd like, <laughs> they came. They saw this they it at gmail.com.
1: And by the way, Daniel, that is SZA, not SCA.
2: <laughs> oh, Undefeated. God look at that i told you that. i literally he told you on let let social media
1: i'll never forget that one
2: i would never, never. forget it oh that was great
3: <laughs> i try to forget it every day yeah, well, you have officially secured your spot here on slate of affairs so we will see it, you back never
2: mind time. don't send audition tapes when <laughs> you have the job <laughs>
3: The category is when you RSVP, then show up. And no, I don't mean for a party. I mean for these damn vaccinations. LA County reported 200 and something vials that were not accounted for with registered people going in to get the vaccine, but they never showed up.
2: Get your vaccine. Show up.
1: Look, I'll take an expired vaccine. I'll take half a vaccine. You know, look what you got. But does it come in a suppository? (laughs) (laughs) Category is in
0: vogue. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris's Vogue cover is getting a lot of hate online. In one photo, Harris is pictured wearing a formal powder blue Michael Kors collection suit. In the other, she wears a dark Donald Deal blazer, jeans, and Converse Chuck Taylors. The latter image has come under fire for its lighting, backdrop, and wardrobe direction. It was initially believed to be fake until Vogue confirmed both covers in a tweet Sunday morning. <laughs> the photos are met with a swift backlash on social media with many people calling the images disrespectful, unflattering and
3: even racist.
2: We know Vogue does not know how to capture black women. Mm. I mean, this is nothing new.
3: Daniel, can I just say that I was going to do this category as well, and I just have to put it in here. It is time for Anna Wintour to fall all the way back. It's fucking
1: ridiculous. Like The biggest fashion disaster from an executive since Obama wore the tan suit. <laughs>
3: uh, don't, don't about don't Obama. Come that me. tan
1: suit, don't y'all. Tan I'll suit. never forget. That's the Alamo. Don't
2: come So, (laughs) category is hashtags. Pinterest joined the long list of social media sites banning or limiting Trump, and people were a little confused. I'm
0: just thinking of, like, what Donald Trump's Pinterest would look like, like Nazi memorabilia, like pinboards, like a recipe for, like...
2: Green bean casserole.
0: Green, like, recipes for
1: casserole. I got it, right? casserole. That's always the answer, casserole.
2: All right, Edward, before we go, do you have anything you would like to plug?
1: Yes, since I am on a show that's elevating black and brown voices I'd love to take a moment to call out uh, Not So Super Publishing uh, out of North Carolina uh, they are a comics and picture book maker who is uh, black owned and is strives to make uh, stories that are inclusive for everyone um, they're on Twitter Not So Super Pub um, I highly recommend giving them a look and maybe giving them some money
2: thank you Edward we are so so happy to have you on the show it was a great time um Thank you for the support. Thank you for contributing to meaningful conversation.
0: Thank you for explaining white nonsense.
2: Yes. And <laughs> that part, that that part in particular. <laughs> but everybody, thank you. We guys had a we had a great time with you this week. We will see you next Tuesday.
3: This is Slate of Affairs,
2: a podcast dedicated to critical conversations about pop culture and politics, brought to you by us.
3: I'm Blake Gartner.
2: I'm Tatiana Sterling.
3: And I'm Daniel Waisius. You can catch new episodes of Slate of Affairs released
0: every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do your podcast listening.
2: Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review us wherever you can.
3: Your ratings and reviews help us reach a wider audience. Follow us on our social media on Instagram at Slate of Affairs Pod.
2: And on Twitter, at A Slate of Affairs.
3: If you have questions or advertising inquiries, reach out to us at our email. They came, they saw, they spoke it at gmail.com. And all episode notes can be found on our website, slateofaffairs.com, underneath the episodes tab.
2: Music brought to you by Marla Flair.
3: And audio editing brought to you by yours truly. As always, join us next time and add some color, because there's always space for you in the conversation.